Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey friends, before we get started, I'm going to throw a little ad your way. So what is the spring all about? It's about getting your bike ready and learning some specific skills on how to deal with mechanicals on the road. Now let me ask you this. Do you avoid going long distances because you're afraid of experiencing a flat and not knowing what to do and possibly having to phone someone to pick you up? I can totally relate. I used to be that way. Now to avoid having that ever happen, I have something for you. I have created an online bike maintenance webinar that's that's happening this Thursday, April 7th. In this webinar, you will learn about the following, how to take your back wheel off, how to change a flat tire, adjust brakes, repair a broken chain, patch a flat. In addition, you will learn how to use the tools you are carrying in your bike bag, such as Allen keys and a chain brake tool, tire levers, how to use your pump, and what are chain links and how to use them. With these new skills and confidence, you'll be able to handle any mechanical while cycling alone or in a group. No matter where you are, this webinar is for you. I've been teaching these clinics for over 10 years and trust me when I say, everyone learns something. A recording will be provided as well as an Amazon shopping list for the bike tools required. Make sure to secure your spot today at www.sylviedaou.ca. That's S-Y-L-V-I-E-D-A-O-U-S-T. Thanks very much. And we'll see you at the clinic and enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things pod, uh, all things podcast, all things cycling with your host, Sylvie Daou from Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And I have Ilsa, Ilsa, Ilsa. Right. From Toronto. And she has is here as a representative, the logistics manager for Bike Brigade. So if you're in the Toronto area, you're probably familiar with uh, this organization um, that does deliveries around the Toronto, the Toronto area. So here's a little bit of background about the Bike Brigade. And we're also going to bring Ilsa in and she's going to share with us all of how it got started and what it's all about. So this is super interesting because I've like super intrigued about this. So here's how it got started. So on March 16th, 2020, Dave Shelnut sent out the first call to the bike brigade. Since then, our community has come together in so many beautiful ways, delivering food and other essential supplies, providing safe alternatives to P to, uh, to police at demonstrations and building relationships with folks we might never cross paths with. The Bike Brigade has over 900 volunteers across Toronto 
with bikes and big hearts delivering food, prescriptions, and other essentials to Toronto residents uh, isolated by the pandemic. Together, we have supported more than 20 partners in delivering 5,000 food boxes, 7,500 hot meals, and thousands of hygiene products, PPE, and other therapy uh, services. We have also reduced up to six tons of GHG emissions in our city by replacing vehicles with bikes. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here to tell us more about this. Thanks. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, just to clarify, I'm not the manager. <laughs> I'm just a volunteer. So we're all volunteering to do this together in the Bike Brigade. It's a pretty awesome organization to be a part of. Wow. Okay. Sorry about that. Well, That's okay. The, the volunteer <laughs> logistics manager. How do I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so, managing. Not managing. All right. All right. So volunteer. Yeah. Well, we'll love to hear about how you uh got into cycling and how it led you to become a volunteer for bike brigade. Yeah, for sure. So I've always ridden a bike since uh, as long as I can remember, but I never had gotten on a road bike until just a few years ago. Um, I don't know, for some reason I had like this mental block that I didn't think I could, I would enjoy riding leaning forward. So uh, a friend at work who's sort of like this bike guru, he lent me one of his road bikes and I ended up borrowing it for two summers. And then after that, I got my own bike, just totally got addicted to it. And um, yes, never looked back, like super into cycling now. And like every nice day is like, like today I'm just itching to get outside. You know? I know, like, I know. It is like, gorgeous I, out. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I found like, it's such a, an amazing way to experience, um, the city as well. Like, I feel like there's nothing, there's nothing that's out of reach when you're on a bike because, mm. you know, you can just go so many places and it doesn't feel like it takes that long anymore. And, um, yeah, it's just, there's so many great reasons. You know, you're not using a vehicle, you're not using up fossil fuels, you're getting exercise and you get to see the city in like a really special way. So yeah, just really gotten into cycling a lot in the last couple of years. And then um, with the bike brigade. So I used to, well, I still do, but the last couple of years have made it a little difficult, but volunteer for um, film festivals. So oh, yeah, when the pandemic hit, that was all totally evaporated in uh, the blink of an eye. Yeah. So I was kind of like, what do I do now? Like, I want to do something helpful in my spare time. So I think uh, someone like maybe my sister had noticed this call on Facebook or something for the bike brigade and like looking for people to deliver um, food and deliver other things in the city. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. That's a really cool thing. And then I just started delivering. And then I got into lo the logistics, I think maybe the first winter, just okay. because I'm not as comfortable riding in the winter. And um, since the beginning, my sister, who she's got like one of those giant cargo bikes. Yeah, yeah. And so she would let me use that. So I would be able to deliver tons of food on that um, every Tuesday evening because our one of our big campaigns is food share. 
And so we get like over a hundred big sort of like 14 by 14 boxes. And, you know, as many as 50 riders or more than that will come in the space of a couple of hours and just pick up the boxes and tie them on however they can and then go off to deliver. It's a pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing to be a part of. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So now I've got a couple of questions. Okay. Um, if, if, okay. How easy is it to volunteer first? That's my first question. Oh, it's super easy. Um, there's, I think there's just an online form you can fill out and then you can start signing up for deliveries. Now, is this basically. just in the immediate GTA, like the Toronto area, or is it like outspurts, like, you know, to a bit of like to rural area, like, I don't know, I want to say Pickering, like, does it go outside the city? Like for not quite stuff yet. Like that? No, okay. we're still working on that. Like, I think probably Eglinton is the North boundary. And then we do um, East York Kalal meal, Meals on Wheels. So okay. that'll be East York. So, so we do go across the Don and there's a, a bunch of other programs that we have across the Don. But I'd say most of our campaigns are in the downtown and the west side area. Okay. But yeah, we do go kind of beyond, but not we're not out to Pickering yet. <laughs> okay, I know. Well, I, I, that just came to mind because my aunt lives there. But, okay. you know, I know that there's closer, like, uh, you know, areas proximity to, to downtown. I just can't think of them. Um, yeah, sure. So if I were to volunteer, what kind of bike do I need? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> how does it work with the bike? If I were to just show up with a bike, like, do I need a pannier? Like how? Yeah, it, it totally depends on the campaign and the, the deliveries, but usually you would want to have at least a backpack. Um, if okay. you have panniers or if you, sometimes if you just have a back rack, then you can just strap a, bo a box onto that with bungee cords. A lot of riders do that. <laughs> or like a front basket kind of thing, you know, like anything goes. And then we have some old, um, I forget, like not Uber Eats, but like one of those skip the dishes things where they've donated us a bunch of bags. And then we just oh. kind of put our, the bike brigade symbol on there. And so we've distributed those to some riders as well. So then people can have the big backpack, which is right. easy to deliver food with that as well. Okay. Yeah. I think I've seen those, like, they're just like squares. They're kind of like little, little fridges. No, I don't say fridges, but like, yeah. Mm -hmm. for, for yeah. Like food. an insulated bag. Oh yeah. Backpack. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Okay. And then there's but, all, sorry, sorry. There's also no, no, like, ahead. I'm just want to talk about the bikes for a minute. Cause like yeah, yeah. when we do food share, for example, there'll be people who have like super long cargo bikes. There'll be people just with a backpack there'll be people with all sorts of different like configurations of bikes and put the box on the front box on the back or like trailers, all sorts of different trailers. So it's really fun to go and help the distribution of the boxes for that, because I just oh. get to like, look at all the cool bikes. <laughs> I bet that would be really cool. You're like, okay, let's, let's come and <laughs> check out hmm. this setup. Wow. Okay. So you it doesn't matter what kind of bike you can volunteer easily. Now let's talk about, um, 
the food, like when you talk about the food share, does a lot of this food come from like say grocery stores or is this like leftover uh, produce that's kind of like, you know how they throw out a lot of stuff that's around their expiry date, which is not really expired, but they have to put dates on it. Is that, does that come to you guys to distribute or? Um, I think some, we do get some of that, which we distribute to community fridges. We, uh, there's a okay. lot of community fridges that started up in Toronto, um, I think during the pandemic, and we do a lot of supplying to those fridges. And so I think sometimes we have those kind of kinds of foods, but with food share, I'm pretty sure it's um, straight up from like fresh, most of it is just fresh produce um, because there's so many people in Toronto that are food insecure that don't have access to healthy food and, uh -huh. or, you know, they don't have, they can't afford to buy it. And so it's just like a way to get this food to them without, um, without needing to use a car or a truck. I mean, we get all of the boxes are delivered to us in a truck, but then all of the deliveries in the city will be on bike. Right. So where does that food come from? Um, I know the food share is, has ties with the Black Creek community farm and oh, other okay. community farms in the area. Um, but I'm not sure exactly where all the produce comes from or like whether it is donated or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That is super cool. So um, now there's other things outside of hot, like a, the food share. We've got hot meals. We've got prescriptions. So anybody could basically phone you up and ask for a delivery. How does it, yeah, how does that work? Um, we do have uh, like on our website, I believe you can look up where um, if you're someone who needs something distributed, then you can get in contact with us and we'll figure out the details of that, like how much you need delivered where, and if it's sort of a recurring thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I believe you can sign up just by uh, sending us an email for the deliveries. And with the hot meals, um, like one of the camp, the campaign that I do logistics for is with a very like small community kind of kitchen called This Way Up. And it's a collective of people, some of them who used to live in shelters in Toronto, and they prepare meals every Saturday and they prepare meals that will be distributed to community fridges um, all over the West End of Toronto. Wow. So it's a really amazing program that these people are doing and they're trying to um, actually buy or be able to buy the kitchen that they've been using because they're just kind of renting it right now. Mm -hmm. So they do have a GoFundMe page as well for that. Um, but yeah, it's a really amazing program that was just started like super grassroots um, by these people who saw the need and mm -hmm. are helping to fill this need in the city. Wow. So now for the prescriptions, if I was someone at home that couldn't get out, but I need my prescription, is that something that I can call you up to have you go pick it up and bring it to me? Is that part of that too? Or is it? Um, I'm not sure. I don't, 
I haven't dealt with any of those, those kind of deliveries. So I'm not mm. sure how that would work, but I know that um, all of our requests, I think they go through the bike brigade email. So that would right. be how people would have to get in touch with us. Okay. Cause I know it was, they were just, it was just part of one of those things that they're saying that they offer. Um, now, how does a payment work? Is that like all kind of, or is it, is it free or do certain people pay and certain people don't, or how does it work to keep the business going? For the deliveries? I yeah. don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Like I don't do any of the financial stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm pretty sure we're a free delivery service and we do work with a lot of food banks um, oh, okay. and stuff and places that are similar to that. So I'm, I don't think that there is a delivery fee, but I'm, I'm not, I'm sorry that I'm not uh, aware of all the financials of the business. I don't think I saw anything on your website anyway. (laughs) So yeah, I don't think you charge a fee for delivery because it's all volunteers, right? So nobody is getting paid. Yeah. So I guess there's, there's uh, with the Bright Brigade, there's nothing that they really own. It's just an organized, like it's a nonprofit organization that um just runs like with you you're part of logistics for uh certain areas and they just call it in and then okay let's talk about the distribution so if you got a a bunch of call-ins like say tonight do you grab all those call-ins and distribute them on like friday morning or do they happen as they come in? So the way it works uh, for most of our campaigns is that we have it set up in advance. So then okay. we'll know what kind of deliveries we are going to be doing in the next week. And then mm-hmm. every week we'll send out an email to all of our volunteers and uh, saying, what would you like to sign up for? And then they can go and click on whichever program they would like to sign up for. Right and then sign up that way. And then the deliveries will happen. Um, Sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's in the afternoon or evening, but we have deliveries pretty much every day of the week. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the logistics, right? It's like sending out and organizing for the week, having people sign up for the, the, the volunteer spot that they want and then showing up at the same time. And then that's where you do all the distribution of whatever it is that's going out. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So we that have this- sounds like quite the <laughs> operation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We have this amazing, um, uh, I'm, I guess like it guy, I'm, I'm really bad with technology. So like, I don't even know the, the, um, vocabulary for it, but we have recruited this, um, this it, uh, person, who created an app for us so that we are able to do all of the um, delivery dispatching and sending out all of the assignments online just with this app. So it's, we can like look up riders, who's in the area, who's been active, who's been delivering lately, that kind of thing. And then we can send out individual messages or just mass messages and also um, to organize the deliveries because sometimes there's, you know, as many as a hundred, over a hundred boxes going out on in a few hours. 
So just being able to, uh, the program will send the right people to the right place. So it'll send this person, mm -hmm. if they're taking four boxes to the three addresses, it'll give them the, the same, sort of in the right, in the same area, that kind of thing. So it's just like this really amazing program that we have. And then if riders will text us, if they have a problem, like nobody's mm -hmm. answering the buzzer, I can't get in the building, that kind of thing, then they'll text us through this app and we can get in touch with them or that kind of thing. So it's a really, it's a really great thing that we have that, that was, th this technology was developed so that we could do all of our assignments online and do all of these, um, all this dispatching and this communication via text. Wow. That, that's really impressive. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was just like taking in everything that you said that that app did. And that's pretty amazing. So basically if there's something sent out, it just pings you and you're like, okay, if I can do that, I just, you know, say I'm available and and it what it probably takes like the first 50 people if they need 50 and then um well, yeah it works like uh once you sign up for something then mm -hmm. usually the day before your delivery you'll get a text saying uh here's your here's your assignment so just here's your pickup address here's right. what you're going to be picking up and then any sort of uh suggestions like sometimes it's good to bring plastic bags in case you need to redistribute the items into right. your own uh, carrying uh, capacity and uh, stuff like that. And then it'll give you the recipient's address mm -hmm. and their phone number so that you're able to get in touch with them as well. Um, yeah, and, and then it's, it's, yeah, it's just a really great program that we have, that we have developed um, to be able to do this all online. And you don't even need to have a smartphone to volunteer with us. Um, like you'll just get a text with all the information and, um, and if you have a smartphone, then you'll get like a map and that kind of thing. So you can see exactly where mm -hmm. you're going to be going. That's unbelievable. I know like, cause I interviewed, um, nearby and you guys are very closely related, like in, in all your deliveries and stuff. And it was fascinating talking to, I think it was Dave, um, about that. And, uh, this is amazing. So so is there anything else you can tell us? I think I've asked all the questions. So you don't have to have a special bike. You can just have a backpack. Um, you don't even have to have a smartphone. Um, you just have to love riding and they'll give you assignments wherever you live. And all right. So what else can you tell us? Um, well, so you also asked about like what what's... Uh, with us for the future. And we're gonna be keeping on doing this because the pandemic exposed a lot of problems, social problems that already existed and that right. have just been, you know, exacerbated by the by the pandemic. So we're still gonna be focusing on expanding and getting more riders and getting more campaigns on the go, uh, working with more community partners and um, also focusing on technology and the solutions that are available and accessible to community groups so that yeah. we're able to keep on doing this, this work. Um, also something I wanted to mention was that our, the code for our application, it's, it's open source on GitHub. So it's not like we're, we've created this thing and then we're going to, you know, keep it secret 
it's like totally available, um, right. which is really cool, I think. Um, and then we also have like, we have people doing deliveries and we have people on our tech team and we have logistics and we also have people doing research as well. Oh. Um, we have two projects on the go right now. One of them is uh, with the U University of Toronto and it's just um, looking into barriers that riders face signing up and the composition oh. of our volunteers and any factors that would support uh, people getting people to sign up and also the benefits and how to engage volunteers. Um, like it, just if someone has signed up and then hasn't done any deliveries, just like mm -hmm. how we can engage Reach those out. people. Yeah. Um, and we also have a, a project with uh, the York University, and that's um, looking into how we can support groups uh, like queer, trans people, and mm -hmm. Black, Indigenous, and people of color in the Bike Brigade. And so yeah. we have workshops and interviews with those people and oh. just trying to figure out how we can support those riders as well. Um, what else? Yeah, so the research is just trying to create a link for research and researchers and academics to be connected to our work mm -hmm. and to share what we can. So what's happening on the ground with uh, with the people who are doing research and disseminating our research findings to improve our work as well. Right. So when you say your the future is uh, expansion, is that kind of like I don't know if you can franchise it, but um, set something like this up in different, like let's say London or Guelph, like places like that. Is that kind of the expansion you're looking at or is it just getting like further, like bigger area around uh, Toronto? I guess it depends on your volunteers, right? Or yeah, definitely head it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think we are um, thinking about doing more in Toronto and expanding more here, but I'm, I don't know all the details, but I'm pretty sure that some of our logistics team has been in touch with people in other cities who are kind of doing a similar thing or who right. want to do a similar thing and just mm -hmm. helping them set up. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Toronto is doing a lot of great stuff, not just from that point, but like for cyclists in general, which obviously helps you get getting more people to volunteer when they're creating a better way of cycling to cycle safely around the city. Um, it's really, really cool. I had no idea. Like mm. I talked to a, quite a few people, uh, interviewed quite a few people who um, are on like advocacy groups in Toronto for, you know, better cycling, safer cycling, bike lanes and stuff like that. And I'm like, cause you know, I'm up here in Ottawa. I'm like, I don't know what they're doing up here, but <laughs> like, somebody should be taking a look at what Toronto is doing, but this has been amazing. Elsa, Elsa, I really appreciate you <laughs> being the volunteer to, um, to be on this interview. I know, uh, you know, when I sent the email, they're like, okay, we're going <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, you're you're the lucky one who gets to talk to me, but I think you provided um like amazing um value and like um just being you know obviously a volunteer yourself. Um I think this, you know, this will open up a lot of eyes for a lot of people 
in, uh, in the area. And, uh, you know, it's a great way to get out on your bike and do something to, to serve. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're also trying to, um, improve our cultural competencies as well in the bike brigade, you know, because we go into neighborhoods, sometimes you go into neighborhoods that you never would have gone into if you weren't mm -hmm. doing this kind of work. And so we're improving the competencies and working on our anti-oppression and our growth mindset for our whole community in general and holding each other accountable and doing a, a lot of this learning and unlearning work together. Right. Um, I also wanted to, if I might just uh, say, give a few examples, like there's groups in Toronto that are helping to make cycling more inclusive as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like the Saddle Sisters of High Park, which oh. is, I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, yeah, it's a group of just women only cyclists and it's inclusive. Anyone can come or, uh, you know, any women can come. And then yeah. there's also a Mandem cycling club, which is inclusive. It's like anyone with a bike and they just do sort of small uh, rides, like not super long. Anyone can like kids can come as long as you bring your bike and a helmet or, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's very inclusive. And that's a, another way. It's just amazing. The people that you meet riding, you know, it, like mm -hmm. you would never meet them otherwise, but bikes have just brought so many people together. I feel like. It's true. I have a woman's cycling club here. It's been 14 years and wow. uh, I just watched, yeah, cycle fit chicks. I just watched like our, you know, I just watched cycling explode, um, you know, uh, much like probably Toronto and everywhere else. Um, the best way to get around, safest way to get around, you know, over uh, transport and, um, and, and just see more like I started the club because I just, I had a spinning studio and through that spinning studio, a lot of women would just talk about how they felt unsafe biking by themselves or following partners that were super fast. And, you know, it's the same story year after year mm -hmm. or they're new to the city, but now there's just more women on the road biking by themselves. And, you know, we're just trying to find all of them and, you know, I don't know, not everybody's going to join, but it's a great way to be social, be inclusive, uh, learn how to ride, learn how to ride with others. Um, yeah, it's just been really, I mean, you know what, the last two years through this pandemic has been amazing. Mm. Like just, it's just been a way for all of us to get out of our houses and be, um, you know, with restrictions, but still what a difference for all of our, you know, mental health as well. Um, yeah, and you know, that's sure. just what I love about cycling. It's just, just a great way to feel free and mentally free and get some exercise in and see places and mm -hmm. uh, just makes me want to cry. Right. Just when you <laughs> talk about it, yeah, <laughs> sure. it is so freeing. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really cool to see more stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Around. It's amazing. Mm -hmm it's amazing how it brings people together. And, you know, I love cycling and everything. Um, but it's just, this adds another, another dimension to it. It's mm -hmm. like, you can do the cycling and like, that's amazing, but this way you can also help people while you're cycling. So it's yeah. just like a, an amazing thing that brings people together. 
Yeah, that's one thing that I miss because I moved out to the country and I used to live like in the city of Ottawa. So I used to bike everywhere, bike to work. And then when I when I moved out here, you know, it's it's not quite the same. I mean, I get nice roads to bike on, but you're just you know, you know what I mean? It's not like you're biking and you're seeing people in rivers and houses and things and you're going to the coffee shop. You just have to bike a lot longer to get anywhere. <laughs> but you know, and so that was one thing that I kind of missed was that ease of getting around mm-hmm. um, and things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really missed it. Like I biked year round to, to work and it wasn't that far, which made it really nice. But, you know, if I had been in the car, it would have taken a lot longer, more expensive parking and all that. And I could just like easily just, you know, tootle in on my bike, sometimes just wearing my work clothes, like, you know, Mm. and it was just the best. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing I miss about the city. (laughs) I do appreciate the country. I do, especially when this pandemic hit, but uh, otherwise it's, um, yeah, there's other things that I miss. So, Mm. but um, that's amazing. So where can we find you guys? Because I know there's a website. So if anybody's looking for volunteering, you can always go there and fill out the application if you're in Toronto. I'm just trying to find the. <laughs> well, I think I've, I remember the seeing they're quite busy on Twitter. If yes. uh, Yeah, I think that's probably their main, maybe their main place for, for like posting um, like just on a regular basis right yeah there. i'm not really on social media but they oh, we do have you. a <laughs> instagram the only one i have is strava and that's oh good <laughs> but if that's you want to you can go the bike brigade uh, on instagram we're at the bike brigade and we're on facebook and if you want to check out the website to sign up or just find more information it's www.bikebrigade.ca and I think those are all there. Yeah. And then uh, the bike brigade on Twitter as well. All right. So, yeah, Perfect. We're, we're all over that social so, media. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to our listeners. So I hope maybe this intrigued one or two of you to take a look or maybe be proactive and maybe even setting something up in your community. You have the bike brigade to go to and for a reference. And please uh, make sure you follow them and follow the podcast on Instagram. And with that, have an amazing day. And thanks to you, Ilsa, for being our guest, sharing this amazing organization with the listeners on our podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Sylvia. It was really a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, 
Tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.